Welcome to the Oil and Gas Sales and Marketing Podcast, where every week your hosts, Mark LaCour and Matt Bertram, share proven strategies and real-world tactics to help you connect with customers and close more deals. Let's do this. Manage your off operations from anywhere with rigor, online, offline, whether it's scheduling, dispatching jobs, tracking employee hours, manage equipment rentals or inspections and maintenance. You can create, review, approve, and upload all types of field tickets and agreements securely from any device. Plus, you can generate invoices same day and run powerful operation management dashboards on your desktop or phone. No paper, no errors, no headaches. Learn more at rigor.us. Link is in the show notes. We're here at OTC. And before we get talking to our guests, I want to give a big shout out to the Offshore Technology Conference for allowing us to be here. Even bigger thanks to Fifth Ring for sponsoring the OTC Podcast Pavilion. Fifth Ring is the global B2B marketing and communications agency, and they wrote me a bunch of copy that I'm not going to read. Bottom line is, if you need help marketing all guests, reach out to Fifth Ring. Their link will also be in the show notes. And speaking of Rigor, <laughs> I happen to have Michael and Nicole both here from Rigor. How y'all doing, guys? Good, thank you. Absolutely perfect. Yeah. And Michael, we just discussed how you're leaving early and <laughs> leaving everybody else here. I want to talk about conferences and business development. You as a team attend a lot of conferences, a lot of trade shows, and there has to be a return on your investment other than playing golf and eating bad food. So let's talk a little bit about when you look at a conference, what's one of the first things you think of when you judge whether you should exhibit or attend? Well, I would like to say budget, but it never is. <laughs> it is more where we're going and what are we about to see and what we're about to experience. And we are very deliberate when we're picking places because in most cases, it's the places where our existing clients and prospect clients are. So we want to make sure that we're getting a chance to reconnect with them while we are at the conference because it's the best venue then for them to show up and see the industry because some of them are not overly active on the marketing side of the things. And we want to invite them and share the experiences. And it's a great opportunity for PR and marketing, generally speaking. Yeah. yeah. When we speaking with some prospects and asking what kind of events they're attending and what their opinion, because it's a very important to understand the, the entire attitude, atmosphere in each event. And each event is different. So you pick conferences based on if your prospects and customers are attending or do you pick conferences based upon it's the type of conference that coincides with your business? I would say both. I would agree. Yeah, it is both. And we also like to see great people. So if you are in the places where your clients are, you have to be there. We also want to plan events where we have a lot of prospect clients. So where the industry is. And it's always good actually to visit any and every conference at least once. So then you have the direct experience. And after that, you can make a decision whether it's there is an ROI. But speaking of ROI, just a quick segue, you never know right after it where there is an ROI because the cycle of when a prospect becomes a client involves, in some cases, months. In some cases, it can be years, depending on the industry a cycle specifically and depending on the interest. And it's always to portray and communicate that you're human. So this is an important part because you cannot really see people behind the screen of the computer, although Zoom allows to do that. But an in-person communication is very hard to replace. Boy, this is a perfect, perfect segue. So Nicole, what you just described is something that we deal with as well, where sometimes the benefits from going to a conference may not appear to a year or two later. How do you convince Michael, who's the CEO, to allow you to have budget to go to conferences and you're not able to show an immediate ROI? 
Well, I got to tell you that I'm lucky. I don't have to convince him. He's the one who's coming up with ideas. Why don't we go there, guys? And I think that's a major thing. And it's a message actually to CEOs and COOs that you got to open up sort of your view about the world and do not necessarily hide behind the desks and the computers and listen to your marketing manager and marketing officers and chief marketing officers or anybody who's in your marketing communication department because these guys quite often know because they follow the LinkedIn on a regular basis, they follow other social media platforms that they know what's going on. So if they ask you, can we go there because there will be a benefit for all of us, be open-minded. Yeah, we try different approaches to marketing, like a digital marketing, traditional advertising. But what we can see, again, from our experience and from our market, that the exhibitions is number one source of leads and number one source of PR. And we need to be in front of people, need to meet with people and show like face to face what we have and how we can help. So. In some cases, we have a conflict and we need to split our team in two or three groups to participate in two or three events simultaneously because they, for some reason, everyone wants to have a show in September, <laughs> so true. May, and I believe February. So those are kind of a crazy months and you couldn't be like in different points everywhere simultaneously. So lots of preparation, of course, but first of all, every single year we sit down and build a calendar understanding where we're going and what will be a team for the each event. And don't worry about the budget. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard anyone say that ever. And it's always recorded. All the listeners, all the salespeople that are listening are so jealous right now. And I know your marketing team. It's Dasha, right? I don't know how she puts out so much work for one person, but she does. She puts out a lot of work. She's great to work with. Okay. So when you think about planning for a conference, let's say you could exhibit at a conference. Do you plan ahead of time to reach out to prospects and invite them to your booth? Do you just set up your booth? Like, what is the process y'all use to make sure that it's worth your time and money and that you actually get in front of people that can buy your service? Yeah, definitely. We have a pre-show activity in social media. And again, number one social media platform for us is LinkedIn. And we preparing a campaign probably a month before the event and starting inviting and promoting the event to our audience. And of course, this will require some preparation, some video or some specific messages. And we do this every single time we invite people to our booth and ask them to stop by and talk. Yeah, we make everyone aware as AAP as soon as we know that there's gonna be an event. We know that everybody is busy. We try not to start inviting people too soon. So we try to balance it out depending on the scale of the event and number of potential people that can be there. But generally, yes. So it all starts with a plan and a budget. Yeah. And we invite our clients and we invite prospects because this is probably the easiest way how to meet with people in person. And actually, say, for example, two, yesterday we ran two demos with uh, one person was from Trinidad and Tobago. Another person was from Houston. Yeah. But again, it's just a great platform where you can sit down with lots of different people and talk. And especially remote people, right? So it's important for many to actually show up here. And the international events specifically interesting for us because we might have talked to somebody already online, but then we are at the event, they are at the event. It's the best opportunity for us to meet in person and build or build on the existing relationship more trust so that then we can then plan our next steps. And it's... This venue, OTC, as well as other conferences that we're attending, provides this opportunity. 
Yeah, yeah. And for example, yesterday we shake hands with our client from Saudi Arabia. With, we had no chance to meet personally before. So they purchased the install rigger, they started using it, and here we go. <laughs> and we meet a lot of interesting people. Again, guys, how can you include in your ROI calculation the fact that you can meet with the trade commissioners, with some suppliers that you never get to talk to, and then here we are, we're all at the same event. And the show is, you know, provide you lots of different ideas, how to develop business, what is a trend, who is showing up, what people showing up, what kind of technology developing. Because what we see here today, there are lots of robots and lots of digitalization and digital transformation happening in all different aspects. I'm talking about automation, equipment, industrial robots, and of course, software. All right. So, and I love this. It's a great conversation, actually, guys. So you've identified the conferences you're going to attend either by scouting them out ahead of time. Then you have a strategy to let prospects and existing clients know you're going to be there. Then you set up booth space. What happens when, let's say, prospects come to your booth? Do you try to sell them something? Do you try to educate them? Do you just try to get to know them? Like what happens when a prospect walks up? Well, you should try it yourself, Mark. You should come by. <laughs> so that's the best experience. You know what? I will. Please. Please do. And it's an in-person communication. So somebody stops by. They may be shy or they may be outgoing. So it depends on a person that is on the other side. But we also stay curious and ask questions. Or what is it that they would like to learn about? Us being a software platform that provides a lot of different solutions. And you've done a great job listing all of them at the very beginning. I was very impressed. I have to give Dasha credit for that. She helped me write that. There you go. Absolutely perfect. Probably (laughs) the best description of what we had. And based on what the person's core needs or pain points or whatever they're looking for, we can then structure our conversation. There is no point of having any demo until we know a little bit better each other. And then after that, we can focus on some specific aspects of that. So there is no sale going on because it is not about the sale as a result or it usually is an outcome. I would rather call it a successful completion of interaction long-term when everybody knows what to expect of each other and what is it that we do we can successfully explain. And the person who's looking for something also is able to explain and hear what we can help them with. Yeah, and again, we're not expecting any contract signing and an exhibition. We usually... We don't mind though, but it's okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes we have kind of confirmation and the final decision happening here because we check hands and that happens a couple times but usually we start follow-uping and it's a process and the best case scenario it could be months but uh, usually it's kind of a years so say for example we started working with Louisiana a year ago I believe a couple years ago and only right now we're starting getting clients there so you know need to present people need to aware and understand what are you doing and how you doing and another important thing you need to be consistent you need to present at every event number of times, then people start trusting you. Nicola, you brought up something that was super valuable that I want to go back to. So a lot of salespeople want to hurry up and get to the demo. And I've coached them for years that the demo is the riskiest part because you get one shot with a demo. And if you don't know enough to make that demo personalized, you're going to blow it. I love the fact that you don't try to rush to a demo, that you try to understand what they're dealing with. We decided not to do doing demo the first time at all. Because to do the demo, we need to understand what they're looking for and what they need. Because show what you have. We have a lot of different things. What do you need? Tell us. And this is a completely different approach. 
And we're not necessarily asking them that way. It's just more like inquisitive approach and being honestly curious about what actually people are looking for, because we are often referring some of the prospects that show up in our initial conversations to some other solutions because we know of them. And that's to you fellows, our fellow software providers out there. So we know about you. We love you. And we refer to you, some of our prospects, because you may be better at doing things that they're looking for. That is the hallmark of a professional salesperson is when you tell a prospect, no, I can't help you, but here's somebody that can. More salespeople need to understand how to do that. No, it's a normal thing for us because, again, if we see that the client will go to that direction anyways, why we need to waste time of the client and for us as well, it will be just a bad experience. So, yeah, definitely it's better to refer the client to our business partners. All right. I'm going to put you on the spot here, Nicole. When you do a demo, do you have a slide with all the logos of your existing clients? And if you do, is it in the beginning of the demo or is it at the end? We have a slide with some logos, but we do not show it actually right now. I don't believe we're even showing it. So you win the gold star. That's another one of my pet peeves with sales demos is they put the logos of their clients. And in the beginning, I don't care who you did business with. I want to understand if you can help me fix the problem. Then later, if I decide to do business with you, maybe I care who else you've done business. I love this. Y'all are top-notch salespeople. <laughs> and wait, you. so I know both of y'all are MBAs, but Michael, don't you come from an accounting background? I have. How did you learn to sell from the, those two skills don't usually go together? You know, this is why he's no longer in accounting. <laughs> Naturally. Oh, is that what it was? He wasn't good at it. <laughs> Naturally. And it was like, I believe the main skill of sales is just to understand people and try to understand how you can help them. And that's it. I agree. That's a good salesperson is a problem solver and helps their clients, right? And you end up becoming a trusted advisor and you never want to damage that relationship by trying to make somebody buy something they don't need or want. That's not a good salesperson. All right. So back to the conferences. So is there a process y'all use when you wind down? You've identified the conferences you're going to, you set up your booth, you've done social campaigns to let prospects and existing clients know you're there. You educate people at your booths and maybe if it needs to go further, you do a demo, right? And every now and then you get a handshake deal. Now the conference is over. It's the last day of the conference. Is there something y'all do post-conference? Well, I'd like to back to the, the event itself. So we go through the list of the attendees, like all the companies who probably will be interested in, and we meet with them. So we're not only sitting and waiting, aggressively waiting for when people coming to us, but we're trying to be proactive and educate ourselves about what our potential prospect offering to their clients, what they presenting and how they looks like. So it's most important for us as well. So we see, okay, this is like a 25 companies who are exhibiting at this event. We'd like to meet with them. That's awesome. So you build basically a target list. That's right. To make sure to go at least have an introduction and eventually develop those relationships further. That's genius. And it boasts, if you don't know, most conferences publish who's exhibiting. And so when you get close toward the conference date, you can see who's there and you can put together a target list like Michael's talking about. Another trick which we use, and again, it's not a secret, we like to position our booth strategically and sometimes in front of our prospect. <laughs> That's genius. <laughs> That's so genius. Well, I, I mean, just that. here's the story. There's a real anecdotal evidence that people are learning from our presentation when it runs on the TV when we're at the booth. So we have in quite often guys on the other side, they may not necessarily be our target audience, but they may be a supplier of sorts. And then it's very interesting that by the end of the day, two or three, they come by and say, oh, I understand what you guys are doing because the presentation runs and is explanatory enough. 
and they then are able to understand completely what we do. And then they say, we might be able to use it. Or we might know somebody who might benefit from the solution that you guys are providing. I love that. So it's almost a little bit of guerrilla marketing in that you know that other people walk by seeing what's going on on your displays and knowing that they're learning about you and arousing their curiosity. That's golden. Which means that you need to have a very well-prepared presentation. And you think about the people that may be just shy to ask or may not have enough time to ask, but still I wanted to kind of look at it from a distance and learn about what you do without even asking any questions. And we've been guilty in one of our, on the conference, we just put not only video, but the sound as well. And people like on a day three ask, okay, guys, can you turn it off? <laughs> <laughs> so note to everybody that wants to copy this, be careful with sound in a conference. But you know, I mean, even that, even an audio track, if you could design it where it's quick and easy to comprehend, might be a, something good to try as people are walking by. Yeah. And we use real people's voices. Yeah. yeah. The other thing I think y'all do extremely well is your website is ridiculously easy to understand exactly what you do. Like I'm not navigating through 37 pages. Your homepage just explains what you do. It's very easy. I love the fact that people can come by your booth, listen, learn a little bit, and they hit your website. It just reinforces the learning. I wish more companies had a sales approach to their website, not so much a marketing approach where they make their website a catalog. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. Yeah. We've been working on it for a while, and it does take time. Dasha should be here. Yeah. <laughs> Kudos to Dasha. Thank you, Dasha, if you're going to be, when are you going to be listening to this one? Hey, an audience, if y'all are listening to this in the evening and you're drinking, you can make it a drinking game. Every time you hear us mention Dasha, you have to take a drink. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> she may not like that, but she's not here. Well, but she's always online, so you can find her on LinkedIn. Yeah. And if you don't know how to find, just shoot us an email or just kind of follow us, and you will be able to see her there. Yeah. Hey, and audience, the links to both Nikolai and Michael's LinkedIn profile will be in the show notes. And Rigger's always been in the show notes, which is the sponsor of this show. Okay. So target list, that is that is genius. Such a simple thing. The data is already out there. The show is winding up. It's ending down. You're packing up. Are there follow-up items that y'all do typically after a conference? It's a very good question. Yeah, we follow up as just kind of a beaten path, I think. And a lot of people, if you just talk to it's not necessarily, we don't call it a follow-up. We just continue relationship building. That's what I would frame it as. It's not like we've seen that before, like here's a follow-up on such and such thing. For us, the most important thing actually to learn about the person so that when we reach out after the event, we're not just only following up, quote unquote, but we are providing additional information or resource or answering a question or leading to something that we have learned or are pinging on something that we've learned about the prospect. It's not like somebody drops a card and then we just kind of send them a message, hey, how are you doing? It's a waste and it's not even respectful. So I think the next step is very important to continue the conversation with somebody. And in some cases, it doesn't lead anywhere, but in some cases, it leads to the next event where we're going to meet. Yeah, I do agree with you that those canned follow-up emails six months after you went to the conference are worthless. It's actually a bit of an insult, right? I do like the companies and the people that follow up immediately. And one of the things I like the best is when they reach out to me and connect on LinkedIn, because now we have a shared connection. And I know that both of y'all and your company uses LinkedIn exclusively. Actually, y'all are really good on LinkedIn. You can't take a picture with Michael and five minutes later, it's not on LinkedIn some with a bunch of stuff tagged. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, so y'all are big believers and big users of the social tool LinkedIn. Oh, well, people are looking and people are following. And we quite often hear the comment when people stop by the booth, say, yeah, guys, we're following you on LinkedIn. And then they tell us more about what they've learned about us from that than we can tell them. So they're ready. So this can be treated as a 
pre-event or pre-relationship building step. So people are passively learning and passively following and then kind of know more information about us. This is an easy research because it's right there. Yeah. All right. So we've talked about your conference and your trade show strategy, how y'all go about it, which I think it's as close to perfection as you could possibly get. Now I want to ask your opinions about something. So we're at OTC. This is the largest offshore technology conference in the world. The energy and the turnout seems to be really good this year compared to the last couple of years. But have y'all seen the difference between conferences before COVID and then after COVID? Because what I've seen is it seems like people are a little bit more willing and a little more wanting to connect in person after going through COVID and being in the whole world locked down for a year and a half. Are y'all seeing the same thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially when the COVID, like last year, for example, people were very missing that personal interaction and they'd like to talk. You know, they stop just to talk to someone. <laughs> it's completely different out of our industry, out of our interests, but they want to talk and people require that. People need that. And you see that the before COVID, it was like more formal. Right now, it's more friendly and, you know, it's just a natural expression of, you know, how people feel and what they, humanity. Humanity. Right? So because yeah. That's what we are. We're social beings. And it looks like this is just reinforced. This whole COVID thing helped us to reinforce who we are. No, I agree. As much as I hate it going through it, in some ways, it made some nice differences. The other thing is the entire world figure out how to do a Zoom call properly, right? <laughs> that's a benefit. Yeah. All right, guys, it's about time to get out of here. Talking about Zoom call. And again, this is, again, a number one practice for our company internally. We always turn camera on. Yeah, I agree. And always make sure you have decent lighting and decent audio. You don't have to spend a lot of money. If nothing else, face a window for natural light and turn your camera on. Put your laptop on a book to get it at eye level so you're not looking up people's nostrils. And invest in a $10 microphone. and It makes all the difference in the world. All right, so guys, this has been great. We've loved the support of your show. I know you got to go back to work. This is the point where we typically do a product review. However, we have no product to review. If you want to send us something, it has to be something gadgety, right? It can't be a mud pump or fire extinguisher. We're not reviewing heavy steel, just something gadgety that maybe sales and marketing people use out in the field. Uh, if you want to connect myself and Matt, and if you're wondering where Matt is, he's back in OGD and corporate headquarters. We're doing a major announcement today. It's to be a first for the oil and gas industry. By the time you hear this, it will already be out. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you, OGGN is launching the first DE&I oil and gas podcast in the world. The press release to go out. By the time you hear this, the podcast will already be out there. We believe that diversity, equity, and inclusion is something that's super important. But we also believe that there's people and companies out there that misuse it. And we're going to try to correct all that. So once again, it's the world's first all and gas DNI podcast. Matt's out running press releases and bringing reporters in. If you want to connect with myself or Matt, all of our connections for all our socials are, are on the show notes. Same way with the rigor guys, Michael and Nikolai, both of your LinkedIn links will be there as well. So just scroll up a left and if you're on iOS or Android, you'll be able to connect on anything. Our sales and marketing insider groups coming this fall. Stay tuned for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Now, guys, actually, this is really good. And I'm going to catch you off guard here. Typically, Matt and I do either a LinkedIn tip or LinkedIn fail each week. Do you have a tip for somebody on how to properly use LinkedIn? I believe Michael have a few. <laughs> well, the tip is just do it consistently and use artificial intelligence to do the spell check. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know, you're so right. What a perfect way to sign off. Guys, thanks for your time. This has been great. Thank you. Yeah. So remember, make a difference and not a sale. Check us out next week for another enriching and cheeky episode of Oil and Gas Sales and Marketing Podcast, a production of the Oil and Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.